Hello, everybody. My name is Dietrich Wingpole, and welcome to the Good Steward Podcast. We have a special guest with me. His name is Sanjay Rose. Sanjay, how are you feeling? I'm doing good, brother. It's, um, I'm so blessed to be able to reconnect with you after so many years and just to talk about what the Lord has been doing in our lives over these years and how much he's transformed us through righteousness over these years, brother. So I'm blessed to be here and thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, man. So just for a little bit of context, uh, Sanjay and I, we went to the same high school together and, you know, we certainly fostered a strong friendship um, over the years. And as Sanjay said, it's been a long time since we connected, nearly 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad that the Lord has provided this opportunity for us to share the word, share the gospel. And today we have a very important topic uh, to speak about. Uh, last week at the Good Steward podcast, we talk about how God prepares Christian men for marriage. And I want to sort of focus on topics pertaining Christian men, right, as regards to Christian men. And the main topic for this episode is men, it is time to pursue righteousness. And our focus scripture today is Genesis chapter 6 to chapter 7, verse 5. Now, before we talk about and dive into scripture, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you uh, at this time. Um, Thank you for gathering us today, Sanjay and I. Um, It's been nearly 10 years um, that you reconnected and reunited us. Um, You have instilled a passion in us to share the gospel, share the news, share the word. So at this time, O Lord, uh, we present this word Um, This very important topic um, that you desire is righteousness. Um, Scripture says you delight in those who pursue in righteousness. So praying at this time, O Lord, that those who are listening, O God, um, seek to pursue righteousness in your name. Amen. Amen. So, yes. So as we are diving into Genesis chapter six, uh, now, before we actually dive into verse Nine, we sort of want to talk about the state of the world that was going on in Genesis 6. Sanjay, do you want to sort of share some of your thoughts of what was going on in Genesis chapter 6? Um, in Genesis chapter 6, um, the state of the world was very chaotic. Yeah. You know, I almost look at it, not almost, but I look at it like judges before they were judges. You know, you had people in the land with no fear of the Lord. You had the sons of God having um, children with females of the land, you had people openly disobeying God. And the Lord was so frustrated. He was so mad that he decided that he wanted to wipe this out. He wanted to destroy humanity. Yet there was a man in the land walking with God and his name was Noah. So the Lord decided to make a covenant with Noah that would not only secure him, but secure his line. So that's what's going on in Genesis chapter six. Absolutely. And to add, you mentioned, yes, many people did wicked things in the eyes of the Lord. And you mentioned judges before judges. That was sort of uh, the state of the world where there was a bunch of wickedness. And if you were to read verse six, the Lord regretted 
In other words, he lamented. He was heartbroken. And it goes to show uh, what wickedness, um, the impact of wickedness um, would really like, how, how does God like in terms of perceive wickedness, right? He's heartbroken, right? He, he, he completely dislikes it. And the fact that, you know, he lamented, right? And he was sad because he knew that his creation, right, needed to fellowship with him, right? That was the whole intention of why he created humanity, right? To follow his ways because who other, you know what I mean? So indeed, like the Lord regretted, he lamented over the state of the world and he chose Noah. And speaking of Noah, if we were to read verse nine, it says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham and Jaheth, right? So let's pause right there. The Bible declares that Noah was a righteous man. So in our, as we're reading or studying um, scriptures, what is your take of what the Bible says about righteousness and why should we be righteous? Um, Righteousness. In terms of what the Bible states is to to walk with God, you know, to have open relationship with God. Notice the word that the Bible used to describe Noah is that he walked with God, you know, which means continuously. It wasn't a moment where Noah was, okay, let me stop by and see what God thinks today. Let me send him a letter. Let me pay him a visit. No, Noah was openly walking with God. He was seeking his counsel. He was resting in him. He was trusting him to make the decisions for his life. Now, if we have this awesome creator, this all-knowing power, this loving God, and he seeks for us to be righteous, to stay in his presence, why would we want to do the opposite? Exactly. And as we're reading in Genesis, you mentioned that the title is Lord, Lord. And if you were to watch the last episode of the Good Steward podcast, um, the title Lord was introduced in Genesis chapter two, which means that Lord has a relationship, a covenantal relationship between Lord and humanity. Uh, see, the Lord desires a relationship with us, right? And he has given us precepts, instructions, commandments, on how to live a life that is that lines with his conduct, right? Lines with his standard. And if we completely go off track and we make this decision, right, to veer off from his commandments, we're separating ourselves from the holy God, from the Lord, right? And I do have some supporting scriptures right here on why we should pursue righteousness. Now, I do want to preface here, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, that we are already made righteous in the Lord's eyes, 
right? Because of the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Um, but the Lord, right, he desires us to pursue righteousness. And here are some of the benefits according to scripture. So I have Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. It says, when the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, <laughs> but the righteous stand forever. Proverbs 10, verse 31 says, from the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. Proverbs chapter 11, <laughs> verse 8 says, the righteous person is rescued from trouble, just like Noah. We're, we're, of course, we're going to learn more about that. And it falls on the wicked instead. I have another one. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Wow. Wow. You can see that there's benefits of pursuing righteousness. You know, you are walking uprightly with the Lord. Your prayers are effective and powerful. You are rescued from trouble. Just like Noah and his family was rescued from the Lord's judgment, right? The reason why the Lord wanted to send a storm to wipe out all of creation, it was his judgment, right? That was his response of the wickedness that was going on in the world. So these are some of the benefits, right, men of God, why you should pursue righteousness legally. I do want to reiterate, legally, we are righteous under the eyes of the Lord because of the death of Jesus Christ. But righteousness, as Sanjay alluded, it isn't a temporary thing. It isn't, it, it isn't something that, you know, we can just do it one day and then no, and then no longer pursue it. Righteousness is a lifestyle. Just like Noah, he walked faithfully with God. And it's a daily devotion. I fully uh, agree, Ring Paul. You know, yes, there's so many benefits to righteousness. But what we have to remember as men of God, as children of God, that there's always disaster when we do not pursue righteousness. Some of the, some of the examples from the Bible include Saul. You know, the Lord in 1 Samuel told Saul, he says, listen, I have seen what the Amalekites have done to the Israelites. Because of what they have done, I want you to go in and wipe out everything, everything. So Saul decides to go, go in and, you know, he, he kills people, but he decided to save the king and some of the animals. You know, when the prophet found out about this, he got mad because the Lord was angry. And he went to Saul and Saul was like, man, I thought the sacrifice was good. But then the prophet said, listen, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. It is in a, another example, you know, of what disobeying righteousness can cause if we look at David's life. Yeah. You know, every time we read about David, every time we hear about David, we hear, oh, he was a man after God's own heart. But let us emphasize that David 
right? David, there was a time in Samuel as well when David was on the run from Saul, you know, and he went to the priests. And the priest said, listen, we don't have anything here to eat except for this, this bread. But in order for you to eat it, we have to make sure that you and the men have not been sleeping with any woman. And David said, of course not. During the time of conquest, we do not, no one sleeps with anybody, you know, no man to his wife. But it was during this very time that during the time of conquest, when David should have been on the battlefield, with his men leading them into battle, he decides to stay back and he takes Uriah's wife for his own, which resulted not only in Uriah's death, but the destruction of the kingdom as we know it at that time. The kingdom was split and it never recovered. It never recovered. So. And these are, and I say that these are two good examples, right? Uh, where David had a task, right? To as a military leader to stand on business, right? In terms of doing the things that he's supposed to do and he got sort of veered away. And you see sort of the consequences, what led after um, the committed act of adultery, right? Um, it's by God's grace that David lived a long life, right? But at the end of the day, throughout his life, he experienced a lot of turmoil and seemingly instability, unsta right, throughout his life. Um, but again, it's by God's grace that he was able to live a long life and had a peaceful death, right? And comparing to Saul now, this is very interesting because in Saul, the Lord gave Saul a commandment, right, to destroy everything of the Amalekites, every single thing, the king and his possessions. And you know, and we know that Saul did not follow suit with his commandments. And speaking of commandments, as we were to read the focus scripture today, God gives Noah a commandment. And we're going to learn. What's that commandment? And does Noah, how does Noah respond? Does he obey the Lord's commandment or he doesn't? So let's, let's continue reading um, from verse 11. It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how, the, how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both of both them and the earth. And here's the commandment. Verse 14. So make yourself a ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. So now the Lord God gives Noah instructions. He says, build an ark. Now he gives specifications of what that ark looks like. Let's continue reading from verse 15. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it. Leaving below the roof 
opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. Now we're talking about the specifications of this ark. I'm going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and sons' wives with you. Let's pause right there. Let's just recap exactly what we just read. So the Lord told Noah the state of the world. What's going on? Wickedness is rampant. And I'm, this is what the Lord says, I'm going to destroy all of creation. And here's what I need you to do. Because Noah found favor in the Lord, because Noah was righteous, the Lord says, I need you to build an ark. And for order the ark to withstand my impending judgment, you need to create this ark so and so and so. So he gives the specifications of this ark. And then he says, I will establish a covenant with you. Hmm. So I'm going to just really reflect as we are recapping what we said. And I'm going to hear like your thoughts on this in particular, like when God gives Noah the commandment and the specifications, like what was Noah's response? Did he obey or did he disobey? <laughs> um, in terms of the text, we find that the Lord is speaking to Noah clearly. And the overall message, in my opinion, is that through righteousness, there's always instruction, you know? But in the midst of God's command to Noah, Noah had a choice. You know, as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking, Dietrich, I was like, imagine if Noah didn't start building the ark until the last day. Mm. Oh, what would have happened? What would have happened? And I think, you know, as we go over this, we shouldn't, um, I wouldn't say shouldn't, we shouldn't forget about what was going on. So I don't think Noah was in the best environment to get the ark done. Now, you're saying, Sanjay, what does that mean? Now, imagine the world, as we know, it, is a destructive place. People are doing what they want. And Noah is building this big boat. I'm sure some of those people stopped by and asked, Noah, what are you doing? You know, what is this for? I'm sure he was mocked. I'm sure on the days it was very hot, he wanted to stop. But he obeyed the words of the Lord and he got it done. Now, the Lord gave him specific specifications. And I think in seeking righteousness, that's why prayer is important. That's why daily walk with the Lord is important. Because yesterday's instruction could be for yesterday and today's instruction could be for today. But how would you know if you're not daily walking with the Lord? Now, the Lord gave him specific instructions on how to build that ark, how to get it done. And at the end, I love when the Bible says the Lord shut the door because yes. the Lord had to put the final touches on it, but Noah had to do his part. So in covenants, in righteousness, in relationships, 
we're doing our part along with the Lord doing his part. Because at the end of the day, Noah had a chance. He had a choice. He could have disobeyed the Lord. Him and his family would have been destroyed. The animals would be destroyed. And that leads me to a point, Dietrich. Our righteousness is not only for us, but it impacts the people around us as well. This is good. This is good. Let's focus on that just a little bit. Because since this topic is focused for men of God, are you saying that pursuing righteousness affects those around us, including our loved ones? Very much so, brother. Very much so. Because again, listen, if we're focusing on the story of Noah, right, you had people around him that were self-destructive. You know, their judgment was already set. And if Noah would have decided at any point, listen, I'm not going to follow what the Lord wants me to do, he could have led his family to destruction. But at the end of the day, his sons went on the ark, his, their wives went on the ark, his wife went on the ark, the animals went on the ark because of clear instruction. And not only clear instruction, but him following through with that instruction. So we have to be careful that in the midst of this world, in the midst of distractions, we follow through of what the Lord wants us to do. Now, what's an example of not following through? I believe 100%, my brother, that the Lord didn't want the Israelites to be in the wilderness for 40 years. But because they were not ready for the blessing, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And half, not half, most of those people didn't live to see the promised land. I believe, and I could be wrong on this number, what should have been a two-week trip yep. ended up being 40 years. Mm. And that's a clear example what not following the Lord looks like. You know, so yeah, man. You know, and, and, and it reminds me again, we mentioned Lord, Lord, and we learned that there's a covenantal relationship. The Lord has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. And a covenant is a promise that will be fulfilled if certain conditions are met, right? If certain conditions are met. And you see here, as you read on to... um. Uh, verse 18 of Genesis chapter 6, the Lord says, I will establish my covenant with you. Notice here, the Lord did not reveal exactly what the covenant is. Mm -hmm. He says, build the ark. Just build the ark. <laughs> and you and your family, the animals, whoever's in that ark will be saved. Right? And we notice that when Noah follows suit, right, then the Lord established the covenant. And the Lord says, I will never, <laughs> never flood the earth and destroy all creation again. I will never do it again. So you can see here when the Lord gives us instructions, right, the immediate um, from a purview vision was, okay, if I were to build an ark, I'm saved, right? Me and my loved ones are saved. But the Lord then reveals that, listen, because of my grace, because of my mercy, I will never flood the earth 
and destroy all creation ever again. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And and speaking of, right, what if Noah built the ark the last day? Interestingly, if we were to read all the way to chapter 7, verse 4, this is what the Lord says. Seven days from now, seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made seven days from now. So the Lord gave Noah a time frame to complete the ark. So it took Noah seven days. So it goes back to what you said. Imagine Noah did not follow suit. Imagine Noah procrastinated. Imagine Noah created an ark on the eighth day. <laughs> so it goes to show you that the Bible describes Noah as a righteous man. He's a righteous man. Before God announced what he was going to do, and he continued to be righteous, and he pursued righteousness by obeying the commands of the Lord. And it goes back to, or it leads to the final point. Pursuing righteousness is a lifestyle. It's not a temporary pursuit. It's not something you can say, oh, I, I want to, you know, because the Lord re rewarded my righteousness in one season, I can just while out <laughs> the next, right? We do. We didn't mention that position. We're righteous under the eyes of the Lord, but he desires us to pursue righteousness, to uphold his conduct, to obey his commandments. So it goes to show that Noah was consistent. He was truly consistent. And that's something that we need to build the consistency of pursuing righteousness man this is so much to unpack it was a reflection of the ark you know because again yeah. at the beginning the ark wasn't finished but because he followed through on what the lord wanted him to do commanded him to do at the end when the appointed flood you know when the appointed situation was to come he was prepared he was Certainly. fully prepared Certainly. So, men of God, it is time to pursue righteousness. It is time to be prepared in whatever the Lord commands us to do. You know, we hold a great responsibility um, in terms of leading, right? But I do want us to be reminded that the Lord that we serve, He will never, ever, ever permit us to carry the world by our shoulders, to carry the burden. It is our precious Lord and Savior who has already done that. And we have to recognize the Lord's sovereignty, his lordship. Is he Lord in our lives? You know, the things that he may ask of us or develop in us, um, it can be very difficult to follow suit. But what other way is better than the Lord's ways? And his commandments, we have lived, we're in our mid-20s, right? And we have lived and we, we have seen the goodness of God. We have gone through the ebbs and flows of life. What other way is greater than the Lord's? 
And I encourage you, men of God, that pursuing righteousness is the posture to walk uprightly with the Lord, to read his word, right? To obey his commandments. And here's the beautiful thing. You cannot pursue righteousness in of yourself. You simply can't. It doesn't take your willpower to do so. It is the working of the Holy Spirit. So depend, men of God. Depend on the Lord. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on Christ. Fix your mind on Christ because he already paid the price for you. So, men of God, hope that you found this discussion very informative. Like, man, it's it, it was really a great conversation, Sanjay, for real. Yeah, and Dietrich, thank you for the opportunity. But I believe, my brother, um, walking in righteousness, right? It's funny. I didn't prepare this part, but I remember seven years ago on Facebook, you know, remember today's this date. Today we discussed about having this conversation. I scrolled on Facebook today and the Lord on one of my statuses, it says Psalm 15. So I said, I'm going to read that today. I, I was like, Lord, does that touch base on what we're talking about today? And I'll read it and I'll, I'll end there, Dietrich, on my part. It says, a description of the godly. Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The one who lives blamelessly practice righteousness and acknowledges the truth in his heart. Who does not slander with his tongue? Who does not harm his friend or discredit his neighbor? Who despises the one rejected by the Lord? but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his word, whatever the cost, who does not lend his silver at interest or take a bribe against the innocent. The one who does these things will never be shaken. Amen. 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 Wow. He don't miss. He don't miss. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. And what a God we serve, truly, truly. So men of God, it is time to pursue righteousness. And I hope you all again found this video very informative, insightful. Hope this video edifies you <laughs> and inspire you to lead a life in righteousness. Righteousness is not temporary. It is a lifestyle. So be well, men of God. and. Take care. Amen.